Lane Kiffin is putting together one of the best high school recruiting classes in Ole Miss history. We'll explain. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. Also, I want to let you know that these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for you for free and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, Let's jump right in because I think this this recruiting class, this high school recruiting class, is unbelievably special. And I will show you some graphics and everything to back up what I'm talking about in just a second. But the gold standard classes in Ole Miss high school recruiting is 2013 and 2016. 2013 had 11 four-star or above players. Now, it had high-end guys like the Tony Connors and people like that, but they had 11 four-star or higher players. That's the gold standard. That is the top class potentially in Ole Miss history. Now, numbers-wise, the class that everybody is going to pay attention to is the 2016 class because it had 15 players that were four-star or higher. But what you need to know about those teams is not a lot of them either made it to campus or they got out um, fairly quickly because of the probation stuff. That class was a mirage. 2013 was not. 2013 was legit. That was Robert Kimdiche, Larry, Laramie Tunsil, um, Tony Connor, those guys. So this class can compete favorably with them, and I'll explain exactly what I'm talking about um, in this class. All right. This class sits at right now 14 commitments. It's just small. Look at the number of four stars within 14 commitments according to the on three consensus. Ten four-stars. That's one less than the entire 2013 class. That is five less than that Mirage 2016 class that had AJ and DK in it. So you can see exactly the quality that Ole Miss is recruiting moving forward, but they're also recruiting for need. And that is something you need to understand. You see Sunnerine Perkins. You see Aiden Williams. You see Kedrick Riscano. Those guys, which, by the way, big commit this weekend for Kedrick Riscano. That that covers up a big need in recruiting, and he's a borderline top 100 player. You got Braxton, <clears throat> Braxton Myers. You've got um, Marcel Reed. You've got all of these guys that are going to come through the system, and they're all really, really good players. So, the fact that who they are, Suntering Perkins, I think, is a historic Mississippi-level recruit. Marcus Dupree conversation, Nicobe Dean, um, Tony Connor, that level of recruit is what Suntering Perkins is. Um, Aiden Williams is an absolute playmaker. Any other year, he would be getting like Deion Smith-type love, but Suntering is one of those elite-level recruits. Now, you look at Jamarius Brown. He's a four-star but if you look at him, he's a defensive lineman that just has kind of grown from linebacker to end to 
three technique. And and at the Mississippi-Alabama game, absolutely dominated. Bryson Sanders, a legacy, um, playing on the offensive line, a good player from Chattanooga, Tennessee, going to come in, another four-star player. Xavion Miller, he's a flip candidate. We'll see what happens with him. Um, but he could end up over at Auburn, but right now we're going to put him in this class because he is in this class. Um, and, of course, Neo Avery out of Maryland, a Chris Partridge recruit, edge rusher, really, really special player. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what he can do. Now, we'll have to figure out when the sign, signing days and signees join this class when they're going to put their name to paper, and we'll see what happens. Then you get to page three. This is going in order. Marcel Reed's on page three. Marcel Reed was evaluated like fourth nationally by this coaching staff. It's absolutely nuts. Ahmad Brown goes by AJ, by the way, from Chris Camp Crown County in Georgia. Great player. but And we're still going four stars. There's still four stars on this list. Um, Daniel Demery, if you watch his film, playing corner, he's a physical guy. And you're going to get to specialty type players as this class goes. Everybody's going to say, well, the ranking drops down on these classes. Well, um, Skylar Mann is a box safety, but if you rank him as a linebacker, he's not going to be ranked very highly, but since there's such a specialized position he's going to play, there's a place for him. Javante Connor didn't get ranked very high because people didn't have a lot of film on him because he moved from Alabama and finished his last year in North Carolina, and that kind of messed up his recruiting. Um, Ethan Fields was formerly a Power 5 Big Ten commit at Purdue. Interior offensive lineman. Now his ranking is not going to be overly high because he can't be a tackle. And they're in love with tackles. Whenever they rate offensive linemen, they are all about tackles. All of this, one after another, Ole Miss has a chance to do really, really well on signing day. We still have a couple of players, by the way, that we are looking at. That could hit. Like I said, there's the scholar man from um, Fort Valley, Georgia, and Peach County. Not ranked very highly, but if you look at his height and weight, he's kind of being recruited for that box safety role. Right now, he's in between a linebacker and a defensive back. We have the position that can help him out. So let's just understand that this recruiting class right now is unbelievably special. There's still some players um, that Ole Miss could flip and turn. And there's always a surprise on signing day that we didn't really hear about. You could get a, um, I think his name is Cheeky Ono or something, the Old Dominion offensive lineman commit. He could flip and go to Ole Miss on signing day. Caden Lee, we're still waiting to hear from Caden Lee. Caden Lee visited UCF and Ole Miss during the recruiting process and did not visit the major programs, but the major programs were always around. He he has a chance to be a fairly special wide receiver and has a lot of upside. He's um kind of a high ceiling, low four type guy. So it could go either way. So it's a little bit more of a risk than a sure, one of these sure things like Sunterine Perkins and those guys. But his ceiling is unbelievably high. That's the reason everybody is in on Caden Lee. So we'll see how this goes. This This class could expand to... 15, 16, even 17 commits. They say that Ole Miss has somewhere between 25 and 30 that they're wanting to sign between this recruiting class and the transfer portal. So we'll see exactly how that goes. I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we can talk about and deal with. 
Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, over the early signing period and all of that. So, so just to let you know, we're planning on doing live streams, I think at 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern, 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern, 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern for early signing day. The majority of that should take place by then. Maybe there might be one at 11. I'm not sure. Um, and then we're going to do a wrap-up signing day show that will serve as the next day's Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We'll do that later in the afternoon. So we'll see exactly how that goes. We may have words from Lane Kiffin. I, I'm not 100% sure on that at this point. We do have a new player card that is going to debut on Wednesday that looks so good. Oh, my goodness. It looks really good. So we will have that. Um and see exactly what's going on. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So build a profile at LinkedIn. You can see online the templates and everything. That there, There's a standard boilerplate thing that you want your LinkedIn profile to look like. But then add your job and a hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. It's got simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, the Portal Weekend kicked off in a fairly big way. Over the weekend, um, Jeremiah Jean Petiste or Jean Petiste, I'm not exactly sure about pronunciation because we're still early on in this relationship, committed to Ole Miss. Um, Joshua Harris, committed to Ole Miss. Caden Davis, a kicker out of Texas A&M, committed to Ole Miss. Now, these transfer portal things early on tells me that they were recruiting needs. Now, whenever anybody has needs, and things that they want, those are going to be the first ones generally to pop because they're the ones that's on everybody's mind. So what does Jeremiah Jean Batiste and Joshua Harris tell me about this Ole Miss team? And that, it tells me that they want to get past the physics problem that they have. Everybody saw at the end of the year when everybody found out exactly how this defense needs to be attacked, and Ole Miss just had trouble stopping it. Now, a lot of the stuff in this defense has three, four principles, and the New England Patriots, the Georgia Bulldogs, teams that don't have trouble stopping this type thing, they, they do those same concepts. So why is it different in this defense at Ole Miss? 
I mean, that, that is the question. And I think it is because while they might be 230, 240-pound line, outside linebackers at Georgia and in New England, maybe bigger than that, the defensive linemen could be 280, 295 all across the three-man front. At Ole Miss, it hasn't really been that. You have, you know, 260, 275, 265 at rush in. They put those down on the defensive line. Um, that's on the other side. The nose guard's about where it needs to be. I mean, you got Xavion Harris, you got JJ Pegues, you had Katie Hill patrolling that during the season. But the problem is those outside players. So those ends coming in at 250 pounds, 260 pounds, backed up by an outside linebacker that is 205, 195. And what you end up with is tight ends, which you can line up and have tight ends. You saw multiple two tight end sets against this Ole Miss defense on that side to where a 250-pound player, several of them are going up against smaller players. And it becomes a physics problem. That is the physics problem that I am talking about pretty consistently. Well, Joshua Harris is listed at 325. I've seen him up to 350 listed. That really takes the nose guard position, which was already in decent shape, and takes it up a notch. Now you have three nose guards that were four stars coming out of high school. That's uncharted territory for Ole Miss. So you have um, J.J. Pekis, Xavion Harris, and then now Joshua Harris. I think that's his last name. Um, if I got the names wrong, I apologize. So... That is going to handle with the spine. Now, if you go back a little bit farther, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, 230-pound linebacker, middle linebacker. Now, I love Troy Brown. I think this defense would have been lost without Troy Brown this year. But if you look at Troy Brown, I think he probably played at 215, maximum 220. He's a smaller guy, good football player, really good football player that did a lot of the stuff that you wanted him to do. But whenever it came to that physics problem, he was a little bit undermanned. Now, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste is 230 pounds. And that means the spine has weighed up just a little bit more. Now, we have to check on athletic ability. They need to be able to go sideline to sideline in this defense the way it's set up. We'll see if that happens as well. Now, the third transfer portal weekend um, player that we got was Caden Davis. He's a field goal kicker from Texas A&M. And everybody's like, okay, Steve. Why are we getting a field goal kicker when we have Caden Costa? Because everybody remembers Caden Costa. He would have been the field goal kicker this year if not for, let's say, a series of an unfortunate events before the Mississippi State game in 2021. So after a year suspension, Caden Costa is now ready to go. Now, after a year and what goes on, we don't know exactly how that suspension played out. So we'll have to see. There's going to be competition in the field goal kicking room, and Caden Davis is going to have a shot to win that job. Now, Caden Davis this year at Texas A&M, I think, uh, I think career he was one for four field goal kicking, and everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa Steve, why, why are you taking this guy if he's one for four all time?" Well, he's mainly a kickoff guy. So if if they're thinking that Caden Costa is going to win the job, now he can just focus on kicking field goals and not worrying about trying to get the kickoffs up 
into the end zone, kicking off a two-inch tee and then kicking off the ground. Because believe it or not, those are separate motions. Think of it as golf swing, okay? A high tee. And you put that up there when you're driving. Your drive might not be the same as your iron game. Your iron game may be more consistent. It may be what you want because your swing for the iron game doesn't necessarily match up to the swing to the driver. And that all comes down to ball placement. So this would give him a chance to kind of almost ease back in and just worry about being a field goal kicker. And our, field, our kickoffs are going to be taken care of. I don't know a whole bunch about Caden Davis. I, we didn't live stream on Caden Davis. I didn't want to just sit here and talk over and over about not, you know, about what I'm not sure about. But the one thing that I think is going to happen, the more I think of what's going on, is that Caden Davis will likely kick off. And I think that was reported by um, Zach Barry on, on three. And Caden Costa will concentrate on field goals. But in the portal weekend, the two big commits was Joshua Harris and Jeremiah Jean Batiste. Those will be major players for this defense and important players. We need to hit on both of those. Ideally, we'll hit with Joshua Harris because then J.J. Pegues, who is unbelievably athletic, can move out to an end position. It's a way that you can fortify the outsides and the perimeter of that defense and not worry so much about two tight end players whenever you have that guy lining up at end. And you have size stuff. You don't have 240, 250-pound guys over there at end. You have um, somebody that's 280, 290, and athletic out there. So we'll see exactly what they plan to do with the defense moving forward. But it has a chance to be fairly special. I, I'm, I honestly am excited about it. But you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about most things um, when it comes to Ole Miss football. It's the reason I do this job to begin with. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get your latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, or if you bet it, bet on the World Cup today, um, Argentina winning in penalties, I should say yesterday. Um, we got it all at betonline.net. If you look down below, you can see Ole Miss is a three-point favorite. The under over under over under is set at 69.5 points. It's on ESPN at 8 o'clock on December 28th. Um, we'll see exactly what happens with that bowl game, but that line and all lines come to you courtesy of betonline.net. So if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. They're free and available where you get your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate that. Anyway, in today's transfer spotlight, and this is something I might be speaking out of turn, I might be speaking out of school, I don't know anything that is going to happen, but there's one player in the transfer portal that kind of excites me, and I'm interested to see him. With Barry Odom going to UNLV, I think Jalen Catalan might end up out there because he's a perfect player for that style defense, but Ole Miss runs that style defense as well. And I am, of course, talking about Jalen Catalan. 
the oft injured, I should say, um, defensive back has been the difference between Arkansas having a very good defense and Arkansas having a bad to sort of mediocre defense. He has been the difference maker between those two points. He plays a role in this defensive setup to where he does a good job stopping the run. And that's always, as you know, that's always important with this defense, stopping the run. And he is going to come up and shot out of a cannon, do whatever he needs to do. He can also cover receivers, and that drop eight becomes even more effective. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he could be. He would be a Jake Springer type player in this defense. He is somebody that would play box safety. He would be lined up there with Ladarius Tennyson. This defense has talent that is all over the field building up more and more. This signing class is going to be exactly the same because even the four stars that transfer out are four stars that weren't really playing. So you have a chance to upgrade with every signing class. Jalen Catalan would be an absolute upgrade in the competition at the box safety position. And I'm, I'm only referring to one because if I think when Suntarine Perkins gets to campus, the defense is going to look more like a 3-3-5 because of his versatility. As soon as he gets here, they're going to get him in the weight room, do whatever he needs to do, and try and build him up. By the time football season starts, possibly 220, 25 pounds. So you're automatically taking a 3-2-6 defense and creating a 3-3-5. Same position, same players, same scheme. Everything's the same. It's just you have a little bit more size for that physics problem that I always talk about. So if you look on the other side of the defense where Ladarius Tennyson is, Aishim Young kind of goes, there's a rotation that happens amongst the safeties in that backfield. At this point, all four of them, but I think it's going to be all three of them eventually. Um, you'll see exactly how that's, that's where he would fit in on the other box safety position to where him and Tennyson and all that can kind of lay out and do what they need to do. And he can cover receivers. He could be a physical presence in the run game. And the defense, I think, has a chance to get better, improve, get more predictable, more consistent. And I don't mean predictable in a bad way. I mean predictable as far as the coaches going out there and kind of knowing what's going to happen before the game starts. So we'll see what this defense looks like. I'm, I'm thinking Tysheem Johnson will end up potentially back at free safety. I think Aishim Young will end up back at strong safety, playing kind of that Otis Reese role. That's going to leave that box safety, Jalen Catalan potentially, Ladarius Tennyson. They're going to play that role of being a safety right up near the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to happen. I think next year you're going to see an Ole Miss defense that is more aggressive. Everybody talks about this team being aggressive and violent. That didn't really materialize this year. They were, they were kind of laid back, and there was a lot of drop eight. Because if you have drop eight, you might as well use it. Because let's just be real. College quarterbacks are not that good. And if you can make those windows smaller, they will make mistakes generally. The problem is, though, that Ole Miss this year, whenever they did that, exposed the weaker edges of their defense. So you need to kind of shore up those edges 
and figure out what's going on, or teams are going to consistently run off tackle against this defense and consistently make it difficult to stop that offense. It's going to make it difficult to stop the passing game. We talked about Arkansas after Catalan got hurt this season to where they ruined their pass defense trying to stop the run because teams figured out how to run the ball that same way against that defense. And Catalan was the, the bridge that made them difficult to run the ball because what he does is upon the snap of the ball, he's in the backfield, this massive penetration wherever he is, and he throws off the track of the back. And that allows the other parts of the defense to rush up and attack them. That, that's the secret to stopping the run in this 3-2-6, is to, to keep the running back from being able to run exactly downhill. Because if they do that, the offense has the advantage. But if the running back is forced to take a couple of lateral steps and it's a little bit slower moving there and teams can kind of converge and hit their run fits a little bit earlier, it's harder to run on this defense because just the way it's set up. So he would provide a Jacob Springer type player in this defensive line. Now, I do not think the defensive scheme scheme is going to be totally changed. I, I just don't. It's a defense that is very good at handling play volume, with, which with this offense is a strong thing that they need to be concerned about. So I do think they're going to try with body type to make this defense the best that it can possibly be and make it SEC ready. Because right now, when they came in, it was Big 12 ready. Big 12 ready. Now they're going to take some concepts and they're going to be like the air raid eventually. So don't be overly concerned, but they're going to take some concepts, figure out what's going on, and then kind of fill in old school defense with the deep, with what they already do. Now, what I'm saying is you'll have 3-2-6, but they'll also do 3-4 type stuff, some 3-3-5 type stuff, and it's all going to be within a multiple defense. I hope that's fairly clear. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today. Today was a lot of fun. I enjoyed getting in the weeds a little bit today, and I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. This transfer spotlight, this third segment, will pop up later on in the afternoon as a standalone as well, so don't freak out if you see that. But thank you very much for listening, and we will see you tomorrow as we march toward early signing day. Take care, man.